Welcome back to Baseball Acumen. I'm Brian. And I'm Katie. And we've got another great episode lined up for you. We do. What are we talking about, Katie? We are talking about home field advantage. Now, sounds like a pretty standard topic, right? Not that much exciting about home field advantage. It exists. Nobody denies that across all sports. Home teams win more than away teams do. We, we could almost end the episode right, right there. Right, exactly. Five seconds, yeah. we're done. But there are some really interesting questions as to why that happens. And that is something that people have not been able to agree on for as long as we know. And we have dug into some of these theories. And one of the things that we've realized is that this could have a huge impact on the 2020 season, but not in the way that you would expect. Ooh, I'm intrigued now, Katie. Yes, I'm glad, because I think we have an exciting episode ahead of us. So, Brian, why did we decide to study home field advantage? That's a great question. So let's rewind back in time, back to the year 2011. Mm, so great year. this is me. I'm a number of years out of college at this point. I'm a Sports Illustrated subscriber. I open the magazine and there's this article about what causes home field advantage. Mm -hmm. So you would think, okay, that's great. Sports Illustrated published this thing back in 2011. So what? That's nine years ago. That's not now. I was really intrigued by it, though. And it turns out that it was an excerpt from a book called Scorecasting, mm -hmm. uh, written by two guys, Tobias J. Moskowitz and L. John Wertheim. And these guys basically study different sports phenomenon and try and figure out the reason that these things mm -hmm. happen. So yes. they're doing uh, analyses on in football. Is it really good to try and ice the kicker by mm -hmm. calling a timeout at the last second? Stuff like that. But the main chunk of their book is on this question of home field advantage. Now, of course, we all think we know why home field advantage exists. Right, After all, course. there's a large crowd there cheering for the home team. Right. The home team feels more pumped up and they play better because right. of that. Right, Katie? Actually, no, Brian. Though that is what most people attribute. Even some sports writers will say that. But in this chapter in Scorecasting, they took to analyzing baseball specifically, and they tried to take moments where players are isolated, so it's just the player and the crowd. So in baseball, the moment that they chose to study is the pitcher, because the pitcher is just pitching, it's just them, there are no other factors, so theoretically it's just them and the crowd, right? So they decided to analyze pitch velocity, movement, and placement. So how well are they pitching? Where are they pitching? How fast are they pitching? Stuff like that. So I would think, Katie, that if you're looking at those kind of things, obviously, if I'm pitching and somebody's cheering really hard for me, mm -hmm. I can throw it just an extra, like maybe indiscernible to the human eye, but I probably do pitch an extra mile an hour faster or something like that. And that makes a difference on the outcome of the game, you right? You would think, but in fact... MLB.com has this technology, it's called PitchFX. And so they analyze all these different variables in pitching, and they found that pitchers pitch exactly the same, no matter what the crowd is doing. So the variables they used were first inning of the game, the crowd's not that into it, maybe not even all there yet, versus the last Certainly. innings in the game when crowds are on their feet, you can't even hear anybody on the field. Pitchers pitch exactly the same regardless. 
Same thing with pitch counts. A 3-2 count, a pitcher's going to pitch with the exact same accuracy as they would on a 1-0 count or something like that. In terms of pitch location, velocity, movement, that kind of a thing. Same thing with game situations even. Runners on base, runners not on base. That does not impact those things. And they actually decided, well, okay, this might be the case for pitchers. But what about the batters? Surely when crowds are cheering their name, like, go for the homer, that would make a difference. Of course. But, in fact, it does not. Batters also perform identically, whether they are at home in front of a crowd with everybody cheering or away. So that pretty much debunks the theory of crowd support related to baseball. Okay, so if I'm sitting there at home, I'm like, okay, so... Maybe it doesn't have to do as much with the crowd, but I'm thinking, oh, well, then it must have to do with the fact that the away team had to travel really far to get to the home team stadium and they're tired, they're fatigued, Mm -hmm. so therefore they don't play as well. But here's the thing. There's stuff we can look at to figure this out. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what would be a situation where a home and an away team, neither one really has to travel far to get to the game? And of course, with the wonders of interleague play, we get the Mets against the Yankees or the Cubs against the White Sox, teams that are playing the Crosstown series right in the same city. So there are no rigors of travel. Mm-hmm. It's, they're just going the same distance roughly from their bedroom to the stadium, right? Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, home field advantage still exists in Crosstown series. That and is crazy. And that's weird because you would think, oh, if it can't be the crowd and it can't be rigors of travel, right. well, then again, the other thing that comes to my mind, which could possibly be a factor is, aha, what about the really unique ballparks, right? Mm-hmm. We've got like Fenway with the oh, yeah. green monster in left field, like clearly there's a way that they could manipulate the way they play or whatever. And that's what gives maybe the Red Sox their advantage or whatever. And you would think, especially in baseball, when we talk about this is a hitter's ballpark, this is a pitcher's ballpark. But again, the evidence points to otherwise. So we already debunked part of this. So based on that pitcher hitter analysis that we talked about when we were talking about crowd support, We already said pitchers pitch the same, hitters hit the same, regardless of home or away, and that accounts for the different ballparks and whatever. The actual act of a pitcher pitching and a hitter hitting is really not impacted by the differences in the ballparks. So that part we've already taken care of. But another thing to think about is, well, what about roster stacking? So teams who are in a hitter's ballpark like Coors Field or something like that, maybe they're going to carry more guys that hit more home runs than another team. Or, you know, same thing with a pitcher-friendly one. And now, we are not denying it helps your record, right? Because if you sign guys who are going to hit home runs in a stadium where it's easy for them to hit home runs, they're going to hit more home runs. So it absolutely helps your record. But those guys who are hitting home runs at your home stadium are also going to hit home runs on the road. Right. So your stacked roster goes with you whether you are home or away. So again, even that part of trying to make up for the type of ballpark that you have or whatever doesn't help. And I would imagine that 
away teams who visit a ballpark like Coors Field in Denver, mm-hmm. their good hitters tend to hit better in that thin air as well, right? right? So exactly. it's not really giving the home team any particular advantage yes. because that advantage exists for the away team exactly. too. Exactly, yes. One other thing that especially has come up recently, given the recent Astro scandal, is what's called the dark arts. So, for example, when the Houston Astros were at home, they had installed some technology that would help them in home games. So, obviously, that's going to make a difference. But in general... And that is home field advantage. <laughs> right, but absolutely. we don't suspect that across all sports, <laughs> yeah, all home teams all have similar cheating technology right. installed that gives the home field their advantage. So, right. it's probably not that, although obviously it was partially that in the context of the Astros and Red Sox recently. And there have been other ones in the past, but in general, we're assuming, okay, there is fair play, nothing dark arts about what's going on in a game. Right. You have to assume people are generally not cheating. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So now, Brian, we've talked about three of the most common reasons why people think there is home field advantage. So if it's not any of those three, what's left? What could it be? That's a great question, Katie. And here's the thing. These authors of the scorecasting book, they actually look at the topic of strikeouts and walks in particular, Mm. because they notice that there's a big anomaly there between when a home player, how often a home player is called for a strikeout versus allowed a walk versus a visiting player, how often they tend to have a called third strike or a called ball four. Mm. If you stop and think about it, who's there making that decision? It's mm. it's not the pitcher. It's not the hitter. It isn't the catcher. It's those umpires behind the plate. They're oh. the ones making those judgment calls for strike three, ball four, etc. And now, of course, everyone out there thinks, well, they're blaming the umps for cheating, right? (laughs) Right, right. Umps are the bad guys always. So we're saying that basically across baseball forever, the umpires have been cheating in favor of the home team, right, Katie? But no, actually... We have concluded, the authors of the book really have concluded as well, that it's not that the umpires are inherently biased or compromised or something like that. It's just that they are susceptible to peer pressure, just like the rest of us. So it's just common knowledge. It's been proven in many studies in human psychology that peer pressure really does have a big effect on decision making, especially in high leverage situations. And obviously, umpires are just regular people. So they are no exception to the impact of peer pressure. Right. So the interesting thing that these authors of scorecasting discovered was that earlier in the baseball games, it turns out that umpires are actually calling a very fair game. Right. They're really, really accurate. But as the game swayed towards being sort of on the fence towards the end of the game, will it Mm -hmm. be in favor of the home team or the away team? Who will come away in the victory? Now, umpires have some gray areas, right? You get those pitches that are right on the edges of the strike zone that are really judgment Mm. calls. And it's really up to the umpire to decide whether that is strike three or ball four on on a three and two count, for example. And it's in those specific situations that it turns out that umpires probably unknowingly and unwittingly 
want to relieve the social pressure <laughs> of the crowd around them yeah. and tend to call strikeouts when it's the away team batting and they tend to call walks when it's the home team batting right yeah. there. And of course, we all know that that one extra batter on base or one fewer batter on base mm. makes a significant difference in the outcome of the game. Oh, yeah. To the point that it can almost exclusively be explained by just that home umpire's judgment call on strike three versus ball four. Yeah. There's some small percentage that's not explained by that, and we suspect it's other types of umpiring calls, like right. a close play at second base, mm -hmm. the tag out, close play at the plate, that sort of thing. That's probably accounting for your last few percentage points of what causes home field advantage. Now, you could say, you know, I, I kind of get it. That seems like it kind of makes sense. But I mean, really, where's the, the really hard evidence here? Yeah. And how do I know that umpires aren't really just biased? And those are the moments right. where it shows. So here's the thing. In the years 2002 through 2008, Major League Baseball in certain stadiums, it was like maybe 10 or 11 stadiums across baseball, installed this system called Quest Tech. And the purpose of this technology was to specifically monitor umpires to see if they were calling the games fairly or not. Now, what's interesting about this is during that seven, eight year run or whatever it is, six, seven, eight years, the umpires, obviously, they knew which stadiums this technology was installed in. Right. And guess what, Katie? What? It turns out that in those ballparks where umpires knew they were being monitored, they actually called the game 100% fairly. And home field advantage went away for those teams. Now, interestingly, that is crazy. they might have even subconsciously been aware of their tendency to bias in favor of the home team. And it actually turns out that in those Quest Tech monitored games for that stretch from 2002 to 2008, Umpires actually technically slightly favored the away team almost <laughs> as a way to prove they weren't biased yeah. towards the home team in the other context. Now, during those exact same years, the same umpires were umpiring in other ballparks that did not have that technology installed. Mm -hmm. And what do you know? Home field advantage right back. It totally is there again, exactly wow. at the rate that it is over the course of the rest of baseball history. Yeah. And if you ask me, that's pretty convincing evidence that the home plate umpire making balls and strikes calls is in fact the reason that home field advantage exists in baseball. Yeah. And if you were to extrapolate that to other sports by extension, you can imagine that there are situations in other sports where the umpire has some, or referee has some judgment call. Right. And in fact, that may be what causes home field advantage in some of these other sports as well. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious. It's umpire biasing it that is. causes home field advantage. Unconscious, but it's there. Yeah. And we are not disparaging umpires in any way, shape, oh, or no. form here. They do a great job, mm -hmm. but they're human. Right. They're susceptible to social pressure, just like the rest yeah, of us. Any one of us would have done that. Now, yeah, the we turn big the corner, question. don't we, yes, Katie? Yes, we do. Now that we have decided on a theory of why home field advantage exists, 
This raises some huge questions for the 2020 MLB season, because as we know, all of a sudden, all the peer pressure is gone. There are no fans in the stadium, nobody reacting to what the umpire is calling, at least that they can hear. And so what does that mean for the 2020 season? That's what we're going to find out in our next episode. Gotta wait.